Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Ellen Shapiro. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on because I think what you do really is key to something that so many people, especially women in business, tend to struggle with. Uh, So just by way of introduction, for those of you who don't know Ellen yet, Ellen is a prosperity catalyst, which is such a fun phrase. We had to talk about that in a minute. For women who want to make a bigger difference in the world, she guides them to move more fully into their power, self-expression, and confidence to become the force for positive change that they're meant to be. She's passionate about empowering women, helping them to break free of apologizing, undervaluing themselves and limiting their own success. I think if we ask for a show of hands, a lot of us would identify with having gone through at least one, if not all, of those three things, especially as part of being in business. You help women break free of glass ceilings, the patterns of under-earning, overworking, those types of things that so often we get stuck in by helping clear limiting beliefs, uh, overcoming conflicts about money, success, and being more visible. And your clients learn to believe in themselves more and are freed up to get their work and message out there. So Ellen, again, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have a conversation about this. Thank you, likewise. I'm gonna get closer to the camera. I wanna get closer to everybody. Awesome. So let's just start with how did you get started in this particular field? What drew you to it? Well, I would say the short answer is making almost every mistake in the book, all the things you just rattled off, I've been through them. And I didn't know because before I became an entrepreneur and had my own business, I worked in a corporate job Mm. and yeah, there were challenges there about believing in myself, but nothing, I was not prepared for my own business. Oh my God, I, I'm creating everything. I have to set the prices. I have to ask for the money. I have to market. And I was not prepared, even though I went to business school. Right. Well, and and you have a degree in accounting, right? (laughs) So you know how numbers work. You understand the money piece of things, which that's one thing I think is so cool about the combination that you have is you get both the analytical side and the energetic side of it. Um, And it is, you're right, it's so different when we go into something where we are the one wearing all the hats and and it is up to us. How do we set our prices? How do we ask for money and collect it? And I think I hear that more from women than anything else when they're in businesses. I don't know how to price my stuff. I don't want to ask people for money. It really is a struggle. Right. We have, I mean, just the topic of money is we've just got so many different cross patterns going on. I want it. I resent it. Someone should give me money. No, I'm not worthy of it. I mean, it just goes on and on. It really does. I think what you shared as your experience is what so many entrepreneurs in general go through as they're getting started in business. Yeah. And you, you, you can't, it's like a whole new territory, which unless you happen to grow up around entrepreneurs or had close friends, we're not prepared for it in our lives for all the challenges that go on. Yeah. Well, and it is, it's so much more than even just being able to set your prices and ask for it. It's really, how do you manage your money? Because you're not getting a regular paycheck every two weeks anymore. There aren't budgeting systems out there for the way income works when you're an entrepreneur and it's very fluid. Right. Yeah, the the unpredictability of it. And I mean, there's a lot of things about 
just the day to day, you know, how do you stay calm? How do you stay positive? Yeah. One of the big things as I'm, we'll talk about it, you know, the, my prosperity party that's coming up, I'm yes. putting myself out there in a bigger way. And every day I can see different things come up. And like, I keep reminding myself of what I teach my clients. Don't take it personally. Yeah. And I'm not really in charge. I need to be proactive, but right. things are, life is unfolding, even in business. I'm not completely in charge. And what, whether somebody wants to opt in or not, likes my stuff or not. <laughs> you can't control other people. And that's, depending on personality type, that can be hard to step back from and not feel personally responsible sometimes for that. I'm glad you mentioned the Prosperity Party. I actually wanted to mention that right at the beginning. Um, you put together a pretty cool event that's coming up that's specifically focused on this piece of things uh, for women in business. So talk to us a little bit about that. I know it's October 3rd at 12 o'clock Mountain Time, which is 2 o'clock Eastern Time. For those of you watching, listening, wherever you are watching or listening at, there will be a link right near the audio or video that you can click on to find out more about it. It is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash superpowers 2019. But you'll see that link near this video or audio. But tell us about it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And the theme is I'm calling it a prosperity party because I want I want to bring fun and playfulness into this whole area of money and business has been so serious and yeah. just like, oh my God. It's a hot button topic. Like people freeze up when money comes up and having conversations around it, it can be kind of scary. Yeah. So I want to create safety, fun, openness, and it's, you know, going to be a lot of teaching. I have these wonderful guests coming on, and the theme is Unleash Your Earning Superpowers. I like that. I like that. I think a lot of people haven't even maybe recognized what's possible when it comes to earning in their business, much less unleashed it. Right. Right. And we can have so many ways that we're keeping that energy down. Yeah. And we I, not, not even realize it. Yeah. I think that that happens a lot. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, there are a lot of ways that, that challenges around money, around visibility, around showing up, show up for us in business. What are some of the most common ones you see people struggling with? Uh, I see. Well, I work a lot with, like, I would call them heart-centered entrepreneurs. You call them empath entrepreneurs. And these are people that they may be in a healing or therapy mode or coaches, mm -hmm. or they're in some other business, but they're really very much, it's not just about the money. I want an impact. I want to help people. Yes, you know, I'm in business, but I want to make a difference in the world. Right. And you know, people like that, people like us, we're very, you know, we really want to come from the heart and we have, mm -hmm. there's that part of like, I want love to come through my business. I want inspiration. And yet there's so much conditioning about money being associated yeah. with greed, manipulation, exploiting people. So how to bring that together? It's like, I want to be loving. I want to be generous. Wait, I need to make a living. Wait. Does it all go bad if I start talking about money or asking for money? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that is something that a lot of us grew up with this idea that if you are intentional about growing a business that makes money, that it does make you greedy and that money is the root of evil and that, you know, all these concepts we have, but right. what you just said really is true. If you want to be generous and give back and make a difference, you can't give what you don't have. Right. Yeah. So where do, you, where do you start to, I won't say fix, to shift that type of thinking? Because so many times it's, even, it's not even really conscious. Uh, it's just something that's rattling around in there that right. is holding right. us back. So how do you fix that and shift that? Well, you actually, what you just said is actually the key is starting with making it conscious. Hmm. 
And, you know, like I have ways of working with people, specific processes to help bring forth what's in their subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. But there's also like for people that are watching this and are like curious, how would I even discover what these things are? One of the simplest ways is just I can give you a couple of questions. And if when people answer these honestly, it can be eye opening. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So one would be people who have money are blank. Mm. And what I like invite people to do is like automatic writing. Just uh-huh. don't judge it. Just write across the paper and it'll be amazing what you might come up with. I can see where that could be very revealing. Right. Right. Or if I have a lot of money, then what? And you could write down the good or the bad. Okay. Usually pretty fast you're going to come to something like other people will be jealous. My family will say, who does she think she is? Or, or people will like want to grab my money. So that's, I mean, again, most people, you don't have to dig too far before you find that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. I think almost everybody probably has a lot of those things that come up when they really get honest about what their fears are or what they think around money, because we all have those things that have happened at various points in life where we stop, you know, maybe trusting certain things. Like we worry if I make money, somebody else is just going to take it away. Or if this, if this works out, then this won't, you know, we all have, have those things that seem to be battling. So once you're aware of those kinds of beliefs, what do you do next? Good question. And I mean, there's a principle called the observer effect from physics that says the minute we observe something, it starts to change. So just becoming aware of it is very, that can be very powerful. But again, if it's deeply subconscious program, that we can't access that easily with a simple question, but it's there anyway, then we need, we usually need some guidance. We usually need some help from somebody else to really get in there. And um, what I do in my process is once we've identified it, we talk about it. If it brings up feelings for people, you know, we create some safety for that. Mm -hmm. If we need to talk about the story around it, we do that. Okay. And then sometimes we don't, sometimes it's like becomes really clear. Oh, I'm, I decided back when, let's say, I don't know, I was always compared to my sister and my sister was the smart one or the pretty one or the message that I got from that was, I'm not good enough. I can't compete. So now I'm in business and I say, there's some competition out there. I never feel good enough. So I'm not going to put out my offers or my programs out there because I'm still running this old program. I'm not even, it has nothing to do with business, really. It started way back in my family. So if somebody came up, you know, we come up with something like that in a session, we explore it, we look at how is that playing out in your life? Right. What do you want instead of that? Yeah. And then what I do that really helps people is some some work to change because all of these things are neural pathways. They're like the familiar thought that has run through your brain so many times that your nervous system says, okay, we're in a competitive situation here. I could be compared to other people. I'm going to go into defeat mode. Right. And this is all unconscious this is like automatic yeah that stuff happens like in a snap of the finger and you don't even realize it's going on in your head right yeah so then what i do is work with the nervous system to basically create a new pathway and strengthen it that's it's so fascinating these things that uh, we're finding out about the way that the brain and and all of these different things work to me because it, it really does in a sense, give you hope that there is a way to change a lot of that programming because I think maybe that is part of the programming that we think this is just the way it is instead right. of realizing, oh, there are tools that we can use to change that. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you brought up the comparisons that happen when we're kids because mm-hmm. I think for so many women, we struggle with that self-worth piece of things, not even realizing that that it's often tied to something like that, that 
when you look at it, actually isn't even relevant to where it's coming out and to where it's affecting things today. How often do you right. see that with the business women that you work with? Oh, it's, I mean, it's pretty common. It's just very common. Yeah. And I mean, because that's just developmentally, we all grew up with hearing certain things, certain things happen to us, mm -hmm. even in, you know, happy families, well-meaning families. Yeah. Our parents came with stuff. I mean, like we get yeah. stuff even from society about like a woman who's too confident is a bitch. She's yeah. not okay. Right. You know, be be nice, be quiet, be modest, you know, don't don't challenge anybody. Don't don't be too out there. Yeah. And that stuff gets into us. I mean, we're pretty much programmed. I mean, this is so depressing to say, except uh, there's good news that we can change it. Yeah. But, you know, we, we're heavily programmed by the time we're seven or eight, which is when our brains actually have more ability to discern what's true or not. <sighs> you know, a young child is kind of like a sponge. Whatever, right. they, whatever they're told, yeah. they take it in. They don't really have the ability to say, this is not true. Why is she yeah. telling me this? Right. Yeah, we don't tend to question at that age. We trust that the adults and the other people in our lives, what, whatever they say, well, that must be the way it is. That must be the truth. And, right. you know, it, it, it's, it's fascinating, especially when you start working internationally. And I know we've got people from all over the globe that, that listen to the podcast, but different cultures and their beliefs about women really do affect how women show up and how they're able to function in business. Uh, I've had clients that we've gotten into things before and I'm working to help them become, you know, more visible online and, and we get just, you know, shut down stuck. And that's where the conversation ends up is back in childhood, they learned it wasn't okay. Women or, or girls were supposed to be quietly sitting in the corner and not out there uh, making noise and getting attention. And it's, it's so interesting how those things really do carry with us. Yeah. And it is, it's deep, it's pervasive. And when you're, when you're really got the unconscious programming, it doesn't even, doesn't feel like a program. It doesn't even feel like a belief. It just feels like the truth. Yeah. This is how it is. Yeah. When it's, it's so funny. I know you and I have, have discussed this one before and I've shared this with you that when I first started out in business, I got to a point where I was working hourly at the time, no matter what I did, I could not raise my prices above $35 an hour. I just, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't write it down. Even if I wrote it down before I got on a call with somebody, we'd get to that part of the conversation that I would say $35. Right. I could not figure out why, no matter how hard I tried, this was just like, it was there. That was it. I could not get past it. And doing some work around it, it finally hit me. That was where my parents stopped talking about how much my dad was making. The most I ever heard them say was, your dad makes $35 an hour. After that, they didn't discuss it anymore. Wow. And so in my head, that's the most you can make. It just was. That's where it stops. You don't go over $35 an hour. And when I realized that, it was like you were just, just described. It felt true, but I was able to look at that logically and go, what the heck? This is not true at all. This is some sort of childhood thing that I just need to let go of. And once I was aware that that's where it came from, then I was able to actually change it. And it was, it was so funny because to think, I mean, it was probably a couple of years that I was really frustrated with myself that I could not get beyond that, that ceiling. And it was just something from childhood that I just didn't realize was rattling around in the back of my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Crazy. great. Great detective work there, Michelle. I'm glad you figured it out. Well, I'll be honest. I did not figure that out on my own. I was going through a worksheet that was asking questions, just like the ones you had earlier. And that's what helped me figure it out was really kind of diving into that. Because I think you're right. There's a lot of those things we can try to solve on our own. And there's some value to doing the work on your own. But there's a point at which you go, okay, I actually need somebody else to come in here and, you know, open my brain up and see what is it that's rattling around inside of it. Right. And we can have, besides the conditioning from childhood or from school or from our culture, we can also have things from like ancient things that are from a life that doesn't, a world that doesn't exist anymore, like family uh -huh. patterns that get passed down, like, you know, yeah. 
kids lived through the Great Depression. Yeah. I didn't. I grew up at a time when there was much more prosperity in America than there had ever been. But they passed down their fears and their, and before that, my grandparents were immigrants. They were Russian Jews. They came over on a boat with nothing. Wow. They went through a lot. And then they lived through the depression as adults trying to support Mm -hmm. families. So that's just one example. I mean, people have all kinds of history and that stuff can also come in. And that's absolutely hard to pinpoint. You know? Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting because when I think about the things that I heard as a child, it was things from my grandparents about make sure you're saving money, make sure you're, you know, all of the things that they picked up as habits because they went through that same time period. They lived through the depression. And so, you know, my grandmother was like the queen of managing to find ways to reuse and recycle things. Um, right. That was what she grew up with being a necessity was you had to do that to survive. And it's, it's hard, like you said, to identify some of those voices that are rattling around that may not even be ours. Right. There's a lot of layers. There are a lot of layers. And sometimes people say, well, when they first get into it, they're like, oh, my God, there's so much here. I had no idea. Like, will this ever be done? (laughs) I say, well, it probably will never be completely done. Right. (laughs) You just have to get freed up enough. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's not about taking a big eraser and getting rid of the past, <laughs> you know. I like that perspective because you're right. Sometimes we we look at things and we think, okay, there should be a done point. There should be a, okay, I'm perfect. Now I've solved this problem forever. And I, I think especially in business, but really in, in all of life, those things just keep coming back around in different forms. Like the the money issues that, and mindset and value issues that I dealt with when I first started my business 19 years ago. Well, <laughs> some of them I'm past, but I'm dealing with them in different forms, right? At each new level of business, right. it just comes back in a different way. Right. It seems to be what my experience is anyway. I think that's true. I think we do cycle through at a different level. Yeah. And also like, you know, when you grow your business, the challenge is, grow too. Yeah. yeah, you're not in survival. You're not worried about paying the bills moment to moment. That's right. great. I mean, we want that for sure. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, I see it in myself now as I'm putting myself out there more, like the other day, you know, we were talking and, you know, you were reminding me, okay, you have to be like very consistent. Just keep, yeah. you know, inviting people to sign up, keep repeating yeah. the message, not, you know, and again, it's not because they're not interested or it doesn't, it's nothing to do with that. It's like, this is how it works. We're all busy and distracted. We need these reminders. So that's the objective truth. But my internal experience was like, Oh my God, I have to keep asking and asking and asking and asking. Ah, Yes. You know, and it's, that's one of those things that, that again, it's, it's such a great illustration of what you're sharing that we tend to see things from our own perspective. And so we forget most of the time that stuff isn't even about us. It really is just what's going on for other people and putting things out there consistently in front of them is how you get their attention. Uh, and it's, it's such an interesting thing to me how linked some of these issues are. Like when you look at self-esteem and self-worth and valuing yourself, you might not think right off the bat that, okay, that's why I'm not getting visible out there or that's why I'm not earning what I could be in my business, but you're so intertwined. Um, And that's, I I don't, that's one of those things that when you realize how connected they are, you realize how important it is to really connect yourself with your own value. And that's easier said than done too, because, you know, you mentioned, we look at women who who are confident and think of them as not a nice word. We, we look at women who are very confident in their skills in the same way. Oh, they're bragging or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's hard to deal with some of those projections that maybe even are just coming from us worrying that people will see us that way. So what do you advise people to do when they realize they're kind of in that space where they're either afraid to own their value because of somebody's reaction to it, whether it's family or clients or other people around them, 
or they realize they really aren't valuing themselves. Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, part of what I would work with them on figuring out where that came from and how, like, some of it is about updating ourselves. So uh, we also have this habit, it's really particularly bad with women. I'm sure a lot of men have it too, being, we're so overly focused on our flaws mm. and what we did wrong, you know, like, Okay, here's my to-do list. I got 19 items done. Do I go yay or do I go, you didn't finish your homework. You didn't. But there's a couple left. Right. Oh, my. That's so true. <laughs> We're so hard on ourselves. And so it's like, I don't know. How does that tie in? I guess it's just the habit is devaluing, de-minimizing. Right. So one exercise that's really yeah. helpful um, with that, I actually have, it's one of the bonuses in the Unleash Your, your Earning oh. Package. Oh, okay, awesome. And it's really about some exercises to go through to discover your value. Mm. Some of that is about looking back at some of the highlights of, like, if you work with clients or in your business, yeah. you know, powerful, positive, mm. you can even rereading testimonials. But just like, again, we have this habit of, well, that was great. Now on to the next thing. Right. It's like, no, wait, did you stop to appreciate, acknowledge? And developing that as a habit will yeah. build more sense of value in yourself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's that's such an important thing that, that we, we do. You're right. We miss it because we're focused on, okay, well, what's next or what didn't I get done instead of stopping to really acknowledge ourselves for what we have accomplished. Right. And when you, whatever, so that becomes this, again, this pattern of reinforcement. Okay. What we are reinforcing is I didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. It's never done. I have to keep working. Yeah. And instead of going, okay, that was really awesome. Let me stop and celebrate. Mm. I, I call that retraining your brain to celebrate progress. I like that. Retraining yeah, Write that down. Yeah. I actually did a little program on that a few years ago with some specifics about how to do that. And one of the things we did at the end, this was a group like program that I did. And at the end, like we would practice, like somebody would, like we do it in mastermind, yep. you know, celebrating successes. Yeah. But after each success, we all stopped and we were very silly. We'd be like, very good, very good, yay! <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. It you comes know, from laughter yoga, actually. Oh, oh yeah. now that's a fun concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we're just building in, so we're building in positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. Like the more we, make something fun and happy and celebrate it, the more we want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, you know, like, here's the to-do list. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If our feeling at the end of the day with our to-do list is always, I didn't get it all done, who even wants to look at your to-do list the next day? If, if you could <laughs> shift that instead to be like, hey, I got 19 things crossed off this list. That's pretty awesome given the amount of time I had. Uh, right. That does give you a whole different right. feel with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things you can do with that is instead of crossing it off, just put a check mark. Okay. I know it's, it sounds like a silly thing, but check marks create endorphins, positive Really? Energy. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to try that. Check marks. Sometimes, right. When I, re I don't always remember either. But, you know, like when I do, I make a big one, like, cha! <laughs> you know, there is something to so many of these little things that really can make a big difference in, in how our day goes and in how life goes overall when we're focused more on the positive and on the success side than we are the negative. And I think so often the patterns we learn growing up are focused on the negative because people don't pay attention. A lot of us learned that the negative was what got attention. And so there's exactly. that whole other layer of reinforcement there. Um, right. 
Right. Yeah, that, I mean, there's so much in our society that it like runs on that. Like our, yeah. our basic survival programming is thousands of years of learning how to be safe from predators. Yeah. So we're very safety oriented. And oh, that's yeah. why negative news is so, why it's, you know, there's so much of it because we remember it. Yeah. It's sensationalized. Good news is boring. Not well, really, but. But yeah, it doesn't get the clicks. It doesn't get the attention. People don't stay glued to their TV when it's positive, happy stuff. You're absolutely right. And that negativity really does seep into everything else. I've noticed that about myself. Like I, I got rid of cable years and years ago. And that was one of the reasons was I could tell a difference in my energetic state when I watched the news or even when I watched like suspenseful TV series, I would realize I'm in a really strange, I'm not, I'm not like energetic and happy and excited. I'm feeling like scared and and no reason other than that was what I was watching. And I had to like start being a lot more intentional about some of that. Society does bombard you with negativity all day long. And I think, that's one of the things I like about your approach. We talked about this a little before we started recording Mm -hmm. uh, because you see that in marketing. So many marketers go straight to the negative side of things. Right. And the, the scarcity of, you know, you're going to miss out on this and your dog's going to die and your grandma's going to die and you're going to die if you don't get it right now type approach to marketing. And I don't, I don't, not only do I not resonate with that, but I don't like watching people buy from a state of fear because I don't think they get the same results as when they buy from a state of confidence and faith and belief in what's possible for them. And so I know on your website, you've got some wording in there about not being a hypey marketer. And I know a lot of people are afraid if they like fix their money issues, suddenly they're going to turn into that guy, which doesn't have to be the case at all. Right, right. There's, I forgot who, where this quote is from, but it was maybe, maybe it was Harv Ecker, but Somebody was talking about like having having wealth or having more money isn't going to turn you into a different person. It's going to make you more of who you already are. I remember the first time I heard that quote and I started really thinking about the people I had known in my life um, that had had more money and realizing, wait a minute, this doesn't line up with what I've seen in the media and what I've seen in cartoons and what I've, because I mean, even cartoons program us to think that people who have more money are these evil overlords, so to speak. And I realized the people I knew in real life weren't like that at all. They were actually very kind, generous people. And their quest, so to speak, wasn't really about making more money. It was about reaching the top of whatever their industry was or whatever their profession was and really becoming proficient so they could help more people through what they did and have enough money to take care of their family, to give to causes they cared about. And I thought right. it's, it's so interesting, the disconnect between what we're taught and if we look around what we actually see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember having sort of related to that. In, it was actually in a prosperity workshop, which was from a more spiritual point of view. Mm-hmm. And they asked us, why is a why is prosperity good? Why and they were talking about the goddess Lakshmi, who's the uh-huh. goddess of prosperity, okay. and she's pictured like you know standing on a lotus flower with coins floating right. down, and and I thought, oh, like why is it better to have more money? And I thought because I can, besides being taken care of myself, I can do more for other people. It enables yeah. me to be a resource for others. That's that's so true. And and so many times we overlook that as a motivation for actually building our businesses to where we want them to be because you know we talk about I want the world to be different. I want things to change. Well, the current plane that we live in, this material plane, requires money to make right. that happen. And if we can direct more of it to the things that we're in favor of and that we want to see change, we can make a difference, but not just by sitting around thinking about it. (laughs) No, you got to actually do it. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. I like that question. What's good about prosperity? That's a great question to think about. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of connects to that other fundamental question 
to ask ourselves about anything, but like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Why do you want it? What's good about it? And for people that are more maybe community-minded, heart-centered, spiritual, whatever words you want to put on that, mm-hmm. like I'm a single woman. I'm not supporting children. I really had to ask myself, okay, well, how much do I need? Yes, I could live on less. Why do I want more? Yeah. And I really had to work with that. Yeah. You know, like, because I can serve more, because as I'm happier and healthier, and I touch more people with my positive energy. Yeah. So even when we're doing something that feels like maybe selfish, or we're doing it for ourselves, I think we're most of us are naturally wired towards thinking more globally anyway. Yeah. And that it helps the world. It uplifts the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that ties right back into what you said about money doesn't turn you into a different person. It allows you to be more of who you are. And if who you are right now is somebody who cares about things like that and wants to give to it and help and make a difference, making more money in your business is only going to magnify that and allow you to do more of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's such a good thing to really focus in on why you want to earn money. Um, I know we've had this conversation in mastermind before too, of, you know, what's your goal and why, and not just like, what's your motivation, but literally what are you going to do with the money when it comes in? Because that's one thing I've learned. Cause like you, uh, you know, there's, there's only so much that you need to actually survive and you can survive right. on a very minimal uh, level of finance. Right. But when you, and, and when you have that in mind, there's a point where you're like, well, I don't really need to make any more money. And if you don't have something specific that that money is coming in to go out towards, right not going to come in you've got to know where is it going next what's the purpose for it right and that's where that horrible word that we hate budget but (laughs) i I actually call it a spending plan that's a better phrase a spending plan (laughs) right or even just not even like a plan but even like you said what do i want to do with this with this excess flow here that you know how do i want to direct it right and I did an interesting, I was part of this interesting exercise with money years ago where I I won't try and explain the whole setting, but somebody was working on healing their money issues Uh and it's like called family constellations. And you basically have people playing different family members. Sometimes you role play something like destiny, or in this case, I was playing the role of money. Oh, wow. So I'm in this healing session, and this man is was somebody who earns a good corporate salary, but just gave it away, didn't want to deal with it, doesn't like money. He just has some real problems with it. And so what happened was he's standing in the corner, and he's turning away from me. Like, he doesn't want to look at me. He's like, you know, like, ew. Oh, and in wow. The corner is somebody representing like his sister or somebody in the family who has a lot of money. And she's going, Come over here. I like you. Come on, be my friend. So hmm. I'm, I'm playing money, right? And I, I literally felt the truth of that saying. People say money is just energy, it's yeah. What do you want to do with it? That, hmm. Do you want to use it for good or do you want to just, you know, grab it for yourself or whatever. So in that moment, I, I could totally feel that. Like, I'm like water, and if you make a channel for me, I'll go there. That is such a great illustration. I've never heard of, of that particular exercise before, but I can see why that would be really eye-opening. It was fascinating. Yeah. That is very cool. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that that is when you get right down to it though all money really is is energy and it's a measurement of the value that we deliver to people mm-hmm. yeah i mean and it started out as that originally it was an exchange of energy and then, right. then we started to put all this other stuff on it mm-hmm. so that's part of the unwinding of the money issues uh-huh. like separating out this is just a bunch of stuff that society said like, am I really a better person if I earn a million dollars than if I don't? 
Yeah. Do I even believe that? Mm. You know, or subtler versions of that. But. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many messages that from the time we're, time we're born, we're being programmed with about money that you don't even realize until you go and start to do some of this work and start something like your own business um, or climbing up in business and then find out, okay, it's harder for me to ask for a raise than I thought it would be. Or it's harder for me to even ask a client to pay me than I thought it would be to raise my rates. All those things right. come up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or even strange yeah. things like... Like I get checks and I don't, I don't, I'm not doing this now, but like I get checks and I don't put them in the bank or <laughs> I'm supposed to like invoice a client and I don't invoice them. I have had that conversation with so many clients when, when they come to me and they're like, okay, cash flow is a problem. Okay. Well, how are your receivables? Are you actually invoicing clients? Okay. Do you have people who've talked to you about hiring you? Are you following up with them? And it amazes me how many people will say, well, yeah, this person reached out to me and I didn't get them a payment link or I didn't follow up on the conversation. I'm like, you have people waiting to work with you. <laughs> Let's go close those sales. And so often it really does come back to the money issues or the self-worth issues that are getting in the way. And then people are procrastinating on actually getting clients and that they can help and make a difference for. Right. And the tricky thing is these, a lot of these money issues don't look like money issues or right. they're just, they're hiding. Yeah. Like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm blocking. I'm complaining that I'm, you know, my cash flow is bad and I'm actually blocking yeah. it. Why am I doing that? It makes no sense. It doesn't. It makes no logical sense. I remember the first time I heard the phrase upper limit and started finding out, okay, wait, what, what there's a, you know, and, and it's more than just a glass ceiling. That's like somebody else has imposed on us. It's our glass ceiling that we've imposed on ourselves um, right. in the way. And it's, it's so many layers of things to really dive into when it comes to learning to own your value and yeah. step forward with things. Well, let's see. Um, I did want to get some more details from you about the prosperity party. So I know that's happening sure. October 3rd. Guys, right. make sure you click the link and, and opt in for that. But tell us a little bit about what you'll be talking about during the live stream. Okay. Yeah. So the theme is unleashing your earning power. And there's going to be several guest interviews. So each hour has a different theme. Mm -hmm. And the first, the first guest I'm having on is Carmen Wilde, who's been on your podcast before. Yeah. And uh, she actually was very inspiring to listen to. So I'm She's looking great forward story. to her. Yeah. Yeah, her story. And, you know, her business is called Wild Success. She's playing on her name. But she really, like I said, what I wanted, the topic that I came up with for her was talking about the courage to expand and take risks. Yeah. And, you know, it's like put offers out there, all that kind of thing. So she's okay. very excited to talk to us about that. Awesome. And um, so there'll be the, the interviews. I'm also going to be talking and teaching on various things. Mm -hmm. um, like The Confidence Code is a really amazing book for women. Mm -hmm. That kind of that got me into thinking about the ways that women often hold themselves back. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be talking about that in that hour where we're focusing on expansion, taking risks, courage, all of that. And then the second hour, I have a success panel. So three women entrepreneurs are going to be talking uh, about really their own journey. And because, again, we're looking at how did you get unleashed? How did you break free? How did you take yourself to the next level? Yeah. So one of them is you, which I'm really looking forward to hearing your, yeah. your point of view. Uh, Therese Skelly is another business coach. And a woman named Karen Curry-Parker, who is, uh, teaches human design. She's written a book on it. So I've asked her to bring a little piece of the human design into it. Cool. Because that's one of the keys is working with your strengths mm -hmm. and knowing how you work. How are you designed to succeed? Right. Yeah, that's such an important piece of it. And I think conversations like that are so helpful because hearing what worked for other people, what they went through, uh, makes you realize you're not alone, but also gives you some ideas on what could work for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so much emphasis on this 
this is the system, this is the way to do it. If you can't do my system, like, forget it, you know? And I, that's why I love l listening to different people. There's so many different ways to do it and there's different oh, business yeah. models and... Yeah, I think that's, that's one of the things that has been the most recurring lesson for me in business is always going back that there's never only one way to get to a goal. There are so many different ways if we allow ourselves right. to be creative and open to it that we right. can reach a goal. Yeah. Right. Love and that. even knowing like what's, what works for me, what resonates for me. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, we'll be talking about that. And then the, the third guest is Mark Silver. Awesome. And he is a really amazing and unique teacher of, he has brought spirituality and business together for mm -hmm. many years. He's a Sufi. He's deeply right. involved in the Sufi tradition. He's a teacher in that as well as, Tons of practical business experience. Right. And I've just, I've been, as I'm getting ready, I'm looking at the materials of all these amazing people that are coming on. And mm. it's like a healing all over again for me about bringing compassion into business. Love that. I had an article recently about planning, like people who are, when you're at a certain level, you can easily get overworked. Mm. He said, plan for 70% of your capacity. That's smart. Yeah. So you're building in self-care and downtime and the fact that everything takes longer than you think it will. Yeah. That, that commonly happens. Yeah. <laughs> I like that 70% capacity. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be on it. What he's going to talk about is working with guidance and when do you need practical business guidance and when do you need to touch in with your soul and get yeah. guidance that way. Okay. And how to tell. Because yeah. some, some people are one way or the other. Some people are all about inner work, spirituality, meditation, and prayer when they might need practical guidance. Yeah. And a lot of people in business are biased the other way, that it's all about strategy and action. Right. It's like, wait, no, maybe I'm trying to, I'm putting all this energy into something that is really out of alignment for me. Yeah. That, that's a good point. You really do have to check in and find the things that are the right path for you or they won't work no matter how hard you try. Right, right. So that's what he's going to talk about. Then awesome. In, yeah, and then I'm going to be talking about money healing um, in the fourth hour and going deeper into some of these things. And I'm actually going to take us through some exercises so you'll really get a taste of my work there and you'll experience it on the call and the last person we have is Brenda Edelman who is really fun really lively she's an award-winning actress she's in our she's in our realm here um, someone that Michelle and I both know and work with and She's going to be talking about confidence, how to build your confidence. So she's an actress. She also teaches how to be better on video and how to put together your own one-person show. So she knows a lot about confidence. Yeah, that definitely takes confidence, not just to get on stage, but be the only one on stage in a one-person show. That's, that idea is terrifying to me, <laughs> but definitely yeah. an example of confidence. <laughs> right. Right. So, con so talking about confidence and also being magnetic, and that has to do with your presence. How are you putting your energy out right. in front of people, on the phone, or even, you know, on video? Yeah. And that's something, she, like in the video, I did her video course, and uh -huh. she was saying, sometimes I want to scream because I see really talented, brilliant entrepreneurs They've got a lot of great material, but their videos are so boring. Oh, yeah. I think video is tougher than, than it looks, honestly, to do well. So that's a really good conversation to have for entrepreneurs is how do you get good at it? Because that is the direction. Like everything is going. We've got Facebook Live and YouTube and everything has moved so much in the direction of video. So it's important to know how to show up and be confident on video. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, and this will be not just on video, but the whole mindset of yeah. confidence. So yeah. I got interested in this because I was studying something called the art of feminine presence. 
huh. And that's about, you know, how to have more presence in a room, whether it's business or social or you want to get men's attention or whatever, for whatever reason you want to have a stronger presence, you can get your message across more effectively when people mm -hmm. are, when you have an energetic connection to people. Right. And yeah, so, that makes total sense. Yeah. Huh. And that, and in that practice, it's not so, it's actually more about from the outside in. So like one of the techniques is really just, and I'm not modeling it that well right now, but it's like just like getting your shoulders back, getting your energy grounded in your body, connecting to your heart. All of those things change how you come across to people, and they're yeah. small things, but they do make a big difference. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to tune in. And I think one thing we forgot to say is that the Prosperity Party is totally free. Uh, there is no charge right. to sign up, show up, join us that day. And uh, I know I'm going to be tuning in and taking notes. So make sure you click the link, whether you're listening or watching. Uh, click that link. Get your seat. It is free. You can join Ellen and all of her guests. I'll be on for a few minutes that day. And we will be going more in depth with everything that we've talked about here and so much more. Uh, Ellen, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on the podcast today. You're welcome, Michelle. It's really fun. I yes. feel like we could keep going for hours, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is one of my longer episodes, but you know what? There was some really great info in here that I think will be helpful for people and give them some things to really think about. And between now and the prosperity parties, start questioning some of those things because like you said, just becoming conscious of it really is the first step towards writing a new story for yourself. Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. Well, big check mark to both of us. Yes. yes. Check mark. Something done. That's my challenge to all of you listening and uh, watching today. Celebrate yourself for something today, whether it's getting two things done on your to-do list or whatever it is, take some time. And acknowledge yourself for something that you succeeded at today. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please rate, review, like, subscribe, and share this with anybody who you think just might identify with a conversation that Ellen and I had here today about owning your value, about the money mindset, and about really becoming prosperous in your business. Uh, we will catch you back again on another episode soon.